0: podcast number 631 for the 24th of February 2019. This week, French software publisher DxO has updated Photolab 2, which was released late last year. Although its photo organizing tools are relatively weak, some special capabilities make it well worth considering either as a Lightroom plug-in or as a standalone application. In short circuits, at least eight apps slipped through Microsoft's security procedures to be featured in the Microsoft Store, and these apps secretly use your computer to generate Monero cryptocurrency. If you're tired of being interrupted by all those pop-in messages that Microsoft calls toast, there's a way to remove most of them so you can work without being bothered. In spare parts, only on the website, Wi-Fi router manufacturers are making more devices that operate on three bands so that mesh coverage will work throughout even extremely large houses. Advances are being made in wide area Wi-Fi systems that can bring fast service to less populated areas where cable-based systems are not economically feasible. The most widely used photo editors for professional photographers and serious amateurs is probably Adobe's Lightroom Classic and Photoshop Combo. The newer mobile-centric Lightroom is more for non-professionals and for those professionals who want to be able to perform some basic edits in the field before they get back to the studio. Several other applications that can be used as standalone applications also play well with Lightroom as plugins to add features that aren't built into the Adobe products. One of those is today's topic, DxO's PhotoLab 2. DxO is a French company. It's best known for its Optics Pro lens correction technology and for its prime noise reduction technology. The first attempt at a raw photo processor application was Photolab, but the interface was cumbersome. Then, DxO acquired the Nik collection from Google and used it as the basis for the Photolab 2. Last year, I took a look at Photolab 2 and I liked it, but an update late in the year caused some serious problems for users. A second update in February of this year solved those problems, so I decided to take another look. Although Photolab 2 does have an organizer, I prefer Lightroom's approach. One important point to be aware of, though, is that any changes made to an image in Lightroom will not be recognized by Photolab. That's unusual. It's different from the way most other plugins work. That means it's better to use Photolab to perform the initial editing and then export the images to Lightroom, or to use Lightroom for the initial import and then export images that you want to modify to Photolab only when you need that application's special capabilities. After all, Lightroom can handle most images all by itself and very well. Photolab is the go-to application when you have only a single high-contrast raw file and want to create a realistic high-dynamic range image, or when luminance or chrominance noise is a problem, or when an image displays haze that can't be fixed with Lightroom's dehaze function. Let's take a look at some images like that. You'll find these images on the TechBinder Worldwide website. The first you'll see is a dual image, The one on the left is the way the image came out of the camera. The DXO High Dynamic Range preset illustrates one of the reasons you might want to consider Photolab. It was an interior photograph under incandescent light. It's kind of orange. Now, I realize some people might actually prefer that look. It's red because of the lighting, but there's very little detail in the dark areas. So I decided that I'd prefer to have a more realistic color I used my wife's shirt, which is a neutral gray, to set a white point. Photolab's smart lighting combined with the HDR realistic preset brought out detail in the dark area that wasn't visible before, but it also accentuated the image's noise. We'll take a look at fixing noise in just a little bit. The photograph was taken several years ago with a point-and-shoot camera, ISO 6400, so there was quite a bit of noise. Now, when it comes to reducing noise, that usually introduces a visible amount of image blurring. So there's another reason to use Photolab 2, and that's its ability to reduce both chrominance and luminance noise, two very common problems when high ISO settings are used. And Photolab 2 does this without objectionably degrading the image's sharpness. They call it PRIME, which is short for Probabilistic Raw Image Enhancement. It's a noise reduction tool that DxO says will let you shoot at a higher ISO. It works only on raw images. Prime is kind of slow, but it has to do a lot. It needs to analyze the entire image very carefully. Now, to see noise, you need to look at it at 100%. One pixel from the camera is one pixel on the screen. It's also called one-to-one. And I've got two images that show that on the TechBiter Worldwide website. When you enlarge the image on the site, you'll be looking at it one-to-one. There's a lot of noise on the right side. The noise is gone on the left side of the image. Noise reduction is important for images that are going to be printed, less important though for images that'll be viewed at a reduced size on a screen. There are two versions of PhotoLab, the essential version for $130 or Elite for $200, the Prime Noise Reduction Feature and clear view that I'll talk about in a little bit, are available only in the Elite version. That's the one I'm showing on the TechBiter Worldwide website. DxO specializes in optical analysis and lens corrections, so I wonder occasionally when Adobe will simply acquire DxO and incorporate DxO's noise reduction, HDR capabilities, and haze reduction that edges out Adobe's dehaze function. The Photolab interface now has a photo library panel. It's more than just an image browser, but it's still a lot less capable than Lightroom's Organizer, particularly when Lightroom is used with Exire, which I described in January. I am very impressed by Photolab 2's Clear View feature, which cuts haze in landscape shots. At least that's its intended use. However, you may find that it improves contrast and saturation in many other images, interior and exterior, people, and landscapes. Lightroom does have a similar feature, but the DXO function seems not to introduce as much of a color cast as Lightroom's Dehaze does, at least in some situations. Possibly the most remarkable feature of Photolab 2 is its ability to apply corrections automatically. Lens correction profiles are applied from the information embedded in the camera's image files, and DxO has profiles for more than 40,000 different camera and lens combinations. But it also selects and applies many other functions as needed, from color correction and lighting to noise reduction and clarity. As a result, the initial view may be considerably different from what other image editing applications display. This can actually be kind of surprising at times. Once PhotoLab has done its best automatically, users can then modify the automatic settings, turn on functions that PhotoLab didn't activate, or turn off functions that it did, or adjust the strength of various settings. There's a new micro-contrast tool. It can be used to improve image sharpness without introducing problems that sharpening often causes. So with those features in mind, we'll take a look on the TechBiter Worldwide website to an image from Wild Lights at the Columbus Zoo last September. The sky was absolutely fabulous. It was dramatic, but the contrast or dynamic range was too much to be captured by the camera. Now Lightroom did a fine job with the image, but I wanted to see what Photolab 2 could do with it. In most cases, using an application as a plug-in in in Lightroom involves right-clicking the image in the filmstrip view and then selecting Edit In from the menu and then choosing the plug-in application you want to use. DxO PhotoLab isn't in that list. Instead, after selecting the image in the filmstrip, the user has to open the File menu, select Plug-in Extras, and then choose Transfer to DxO PhotoLab 2. Photolab 2 doesn't read any of the Lightroom edits. In fact, it starts with the raw file. But the starting image it gave me showed quite a bit of detail in the sky without my having to do anything. Well, of course, I did do several things. And my final Photolab edit retained good detail in the lights and brought out more detail in the sky and the clouds. So I was ready to return the edited image to Lightroom. Clicking the Export to Lightroom button in the lower right corner should accomplish that task. Unfortunately, sometimes the result is a PhotoLab 2 crash. That doesn't happen very often, and when it does, fortunately, you'll find that your edits have been retained when you reopen PhotoLab 2. Organization and workflow are important, and DxO has improved both of them. The main features of Photolab involve processing raw files, though, and getting the most out of the camera and the lens. Organization and workflow are shortcomings, even with this year's improvements, but Photolab is still worth considering because of its specialized features such as noise reduction and haze removal. The automatic modifications are often sufficient if not, they at least create an excellent starting point because of Smart Lighting and ClearView+. Plus. So the bottom line is 5 cats. Be sure to consider DxO's PhotoLab 2. Because the interface is still somewhat confusing and file management is limited, PhotoLab 2 would earn a still respectable 4 cats, but the application's automatic corrections and its remarkable Haze function push it back into the 5 cat category. Photolab 2 plays well with Lightroom Classic, so if you are a Lightroom Classic user, be sure to check it out. You'll find more details on the DxO website. There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. short circuits, Microsoft wants you to download apps only from the Microsoft Store because files you download from other locations might contain unwanted components. Well, this week Cymatic called Microsoft on some sloppy vetting of applications. Specifically, Cymatic named eight programs in the Microsoft Store that contained hidden code that uses your computer to generate Monero cryptocurrency secretly. Monetizing free applications is a challenge for developers. Some free applications display ads and then offer to remove the ads if you pay. Others offer an option that allows the application to use your computer for cryptocurrency mining. The keyword here is "offer." The applications cited by Symantec make no such offer. Instead, they just surreptitiously install code that can generate money, but not for you. For you you got a slow computer. Symatics says that the apps are all from Digidream, OneClean, and Findu. The apps claim to provide a computer and battery optimization tutorial, internet search, web browsers, and video viewing and downloading functions. The apps use shared domain name servers, and that means they were probably published by the same developers, just using different names. One of the main points of the Microsoft Store is to protect Windows users from exactly that kind of abuse. Someone who downloads, installs, and uses one of these apps won't see that they secretly download a coin mining JavaScript library. The mining script then begins to use a lot of the computer's CPU capacity to mine Monero for the developers. The apps do have privacy policies, but the privacy statements make no mention of Monero mining. Guidelines for safe computing tell us to download applications only from trusted sources, but when Microsoft misses cryptojacking code in apps that they approve, can the Microsoft Store really be considered a trusted source? In March of last year, Kaspersky Lab documented how one crypto mining gang made $7 million by infecting 10,000 computers with mining malware. Microsoft has, of course, removed those apps from the store. Still, if you downloaded one and installed it, it is still on your computer, and it is still using the hardware you paid for. The apps were published between April and December of last year. If you'd like to learn more, including how the malware works, visit the Symantec blog. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. <music> questionable enhancements that Windows 10 has brought to our computers is those little notices that slide in from the bottom right corner and then usually disappear before you've had time to read them. These are called Toast. Clever name, Microsoft. I suppose Microsoft selected this name because of the way they just slide in. However, no toaster I have ever seen slides bread out horizontally but I digress. Maybe you find these to be more of an annoyance than a help when you're trying to concentrate on a task or play a game or use the computer to make a presentation. Well, it is possible to make a lot of these little messages go away. Here's how. Open settings and navigate to System Focus Assist. Here you'll be able to specify how you want Focus Assist to work. I selected only Priority Messages, Choosing alarms only is a little more restrictive. Clicking Customize your priority list will allow you to specify which applications can interrupt you. In the rules section, I set Focus Assist to be active from midnight to 11:59 p.m. It specified that it should be active regardless of what I'm doing. So if the computer is on and a little piece of toast comes in between 11:59 p.m. and midnight, 60 seconds it'll pop up. Otherwise, I won't see it. Except for priority alerts, all messages will be stored in the action center. You can also use a focus assist button at the bottom of the action center to toggle between off, priority only, and alarms only. Oh, there is nothing to be alarmed about in spare parts this week. It's only on the website, though. Here's what you'll find. Wi-Fi router manufacturers are making more devices that operate on three bands so that mesh coverage will work throughout even extremely large houses. And advances are being made in wide-area Wi-Fi systems that can bring fast service to less populated areas where cable-based systems aren't economically feasible. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide